Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Thank you so much. Well, good morning and welcome to Activate Online. Just take a moment to make yourselves comfortable. So great to have you with us this morning, especially if you are a guest with us. If you have been invited to watch this morning or clicked on a link or maybe you've just stumbled across us, you are, of course, more than welcome. And you've picked a great Sunday as well. Uh, to join us because it's Easter Sunday, which is a big deal in church circles, right? And maybe you've been in church all your life and you understand Easter and you understand what Jesus Christ did on the cross and you're across all of that. But maybe you're watching this morning and you haven't been to church for a long time, if at all. And maybe all Easter means to you is just a four-day weekend and chocolate. And that's still good too, right? Although it's not really the whole reason behind why we celebrate it. Yeah, it's so good to have you with us this morning. Uh, three things that I wanted to talk about uh, this morning. The first thing is the most important thing that you could possibly know. So we're just going to start with a small thing, you know, just a just a little wee thing. No, it's the most important thing you could possibly know. And in case you think I'm exaggerating or, you know, just for effect, making it seem like a bigger deal than it is, I'm not. If you sat me down and you said, Josh, you can only impart one piece of knowledge to your kids. There is only a single piece of information that you can give your kids that they will remember. One thing only. What would it be? I would pick this one thing. So it is a really, really big deal, and we'll start with that in just a moment. Uh, the second thing I want to share this morning is the most important thing you could possibly understand. And if you think that knowing something and understanding something is the same thing, then you're not married. Because let me tell you, when you get married, you realize that they're two very different things. For example, my wife sometimes, like, I don't know, the normal amount, uh, sometimes my wife gets grumpy at me. It's hard to believe, I know, but she does. And when my wife gets grumpy at me, do I know that my wife is grumpy at me? Yes, I do. I do know my wife is grumpy at me. Do I understand why my wife is grumpy at me? Sometimes not so much. So I know that knowing something and understanding something are two very different things. And then the third thing I want to talk about this morning is the most important thing for you to possibly do. So the most important thing you can possibly know, the most important thing you can possibly understand, and the most important thing you could possibly do. Now, before I start, let me just make an observation, which if you were at a Christmas service, you would have heard me say something very similar, but it's this. Whether something is true or not true uh, has very little to do with how we feel about it. In fact, it has nothing to do with how we feel about it. Even though it's quite popular in 2020 in our current uh, culture and society to say things like, well, that's not my truth, and well, you know, that might be true for you, but it's not true for me. Actually, there are some things that are just true. And regardless of how you feel about it, it doesn't change the nature of the truth. Whether you agree with it or don't agree with it doesn't change that it's true. It could be even that it offends you on some level. But again, that doesn't change whether something is true or not. In fact, in my experience, very often if I get a bit of a reaction to something, if I go, well, that's a bit offensive, if I take the time to step back, quite often quite often underneath a couple of layers, I will find a nugget of truth in there and that's what's actually kind of pushed my buttons. So I wanted to point that out this morning because there's a chance that I might say some things this morning that might generate a reaction in you. You might say, well, I don't know if I like that, Josh. I don't know if I agree with that, 
sir. I don't know. I think that might actually be offensive, mister. And you're entitled to respond in any way you like. But don't make the mistake of thinking that because you're having a negative reaction that all of a sudden what I'm saying is not true. The two are not in any way related. The other day I went to uh, my knee specialist uh, because my knee was giving me trouble. I blew it out uh, five or so years ago playing football and I had it reconstructed but it never kind of, it's not worked the same since. And I tried to get back into some footy last, last year and it just did not work. And so I went to my knee specialist and I had to get an MRI. And so I'm sitting in his office and he's got the MRI up on the screen and we're both looking at it. And I'm pretending that I've got any clue what's going on, but I've got the same face that I had on when I was looking at the ultrasound when my wife was pregnant. And they go, oh, look, there's the baby. And I'm going, yeah, yeah. Can't see nothing, man. And so he looks at this MRI and he says, well, your knee's shot. And I said, I know it's shot. That's why I'm here. What, what can I do about it? And he said, well, it's not a case of if, it's just a case of when you will need a knee replacement. But there are things that you can do to kind of extend that timeline out. And I said, well, what can I do? I'll do, I'll do anything. He said, well, you can start by losing some weight. I said, well, what can I do? I'll do almost anything. Because, you know, the truth is that I didn't like that. That kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I, I wasn't that stoked with my knee specialist telling me that I'm a bit of a fatty. Didn't overly appreciate it, to be fair. It was borderline offensive. I wanted to say, well, you're not exactly skinny, mister. But I didn't. I kept my composure. And I said, oh, that's an interesting observation, you know. I didn't like the fact that I was fatter than I needed to be. And the truth is that he was right. I mean, he's the specialist. And I was carrying around a few extra pounds perhaps more than I needed to. Unfortunately, I'm still carrying those around. They haven't quite shifted yet. And the lockdown ain't helping. I'm at home with a woman who's a fantastic cook and a fantastic baker and who expresses her love uh, through food a lot of the time. And she's got four weeks with nothing to do except cook and bake. And so it's fair to say that I am feeling very loved, extremely loved. You might have to roll me up the aisle once we start meeting again in church. Oh dear. I had someone message me last Sunday after watching the service and they said, have you lost weight? And I said, no, you just can't see me from here down. That's all it is. My point is that sometimes we will have reactions to what people say and the temptation is to just write off what was said because we don't like it. But don't do that because how we feel about something has got nothing to do with whether it's true or not. So here we go. Let's open up our Bibles this morning. If you've got a Bible, great. If you don't, man, I got you covered. I'm going to read it out to you anyway. We're going to put it up on screen now. Here we go. John chapter 3, verse 16. Jesus says, For God so loved the world. Let's just pause it there. For God so loved the world. This is the most important thing I think you could possibly know. And that is that God loves you. There's a theologian uh, called A.W. Tozer, and he makes this statement. He says, what comes to mind when you think about God is the single most important thing about you. And I think that's true. I think that the way that we think about God has got more to do with how we live our life, the decisions that we make, the actions that we take, than anything else. 
Now you might be sitting there thinking, well, Josh, I don't even believe in God. Well, I can tell you that that belief is doing more for your life and impacting your life in a greater way than anything else that you believe. It's going to affect your moral compass. It's going to affect your value system. It's going to affect the actions that you take, the decisions that you make, the way that you view the world, the lens that you view the world through. All of that is shaped by the fact that you do not believe in a God. Conversely, if you believe in a God, but he's mean or unkind or judgmental or vengeful or angry, then that's going to shape your whole view of life. And it's going to shape how you respond to different things. One of the things that I tell my kids as often as I can is that God loves you. He's not mad at you. Now, maybe this is news to you. Maybe you've heard the opposite of this. Well, they were wrong. This is right. This is what the Bible says. He is not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He's not judging you. God is not sending earthquakes or pandemics or anything like that. He is just mad, head over heels, in love with you. God loves the whole world. What I love about this statement, for God so loved the world, is that it doesn't qualify it in any way. It doesn't say that God loves Christians, but not Muslims. It doesn't say that God loves straight people, but not gay people. It doesn't say God loves white people, but not black people. It doesn't say anything like that. It doesn't say anything. It just says God loves the world, and that includes you. If there was one thing that I could impart to you this morning, above all else, for you to go home and just know, it is that God loves you. And anything else that you've heard that says different, you need to forget it because that's not truth. This is the truth. God loves you, period. Now, because God loves you, the verse continues. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. This is what I need you to understand. The most important thing I think in life that you could possibly understand is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And that is what we're celebrating this weekend. That is what Easter is all about. It's a time when Christians and people all over the world come together and remember that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again. And the reason he did it was for you and for me. Now, you might be sitting there going, well, bro, you're going to have to unpack that for me a little bit because I don't understand that. I'll do it for you really quickly. I'll go out on a limb. I'll take a punt. And I'll say that uh, my guess is that you're not perfect just like me. I'm not perfect. No one I've ever met is perfect. My guess is that you have made mistakes, that you have got things wrong. If you're anything like me, you've made a lot of mistakes without even meaning to. They're like accidental mistakes. But then if you're anything like me, you've made a lot of mistakes on purpose too. I know that there have been so many times that I have been faced with the decision, known what is right, known what is wrong, and gone with the wrong option, knowing it was wrong. Why? Because we have this, we trade off short-term pleasure for long-term pain all the time. And the truth is that there's a part of me that goes, it's not even our fault. Because it's, it's a part of our human nature. It's a part of humanity. We're kind of cursed with this fallen nature. We're born inherently selfish. I mean, I've got three kids, and you have to train the selfishness out of them. You've got to train kids to be considerate and to be caring and to be kind because it doesn't come naturally. If we left our kids to their own natural devices, they wouldn't share. They'd snatch, they'd grizzle, they'd throw tantrums. And we're all like that. It's a mess. You know, there's that old saying, to err is human, but to forgive divine. Well, let's just focus on the front part. To err is human. It is a part of being human. So I got some bad news. I got some more bad news. But then don't worry, because I got some good news that totally undoes all the bad news. So make sure you don't stop watching after the bad news. You'll just be depressed. Here's the bad news. 
The bad news is that all of that gunk that I'm talking about, all of those mistakes, every time that we, and we might not have used this language, we might not have said it quite like this, but we've thought it at a subconscious level, we've buried it down. We say something like, forget you, God, I'm gonna do this myself. I got my own life going on, I don't need you. Anytime we do anything like that, the Bible calls it sin. And here's the bad news. The bad news is that in the book of Romans, it says, all have sinned. That word all means everybody, means every single one of us, everyone on the entire planet, all of us have sinned. It comes from a Greek word, which when translated into English means all, everyone, right? You get my point. The Bible says everybody has sinned. None of us can put a hand up and say, never made a mistake in my entire life, except Jesus Christ. And we'll come back to that. Because the second bit of bad news, and this is where I might lose some of you. And so I just remind you, no matter how you feel, that does not change whether something is true or not. Because the second piece of bad news is that the Bible says that the punishment for sin or the wages of sin or the price that we will be called to pay for the sin that we have committed in our life is death. It is, in fact, eternal death. And I believe that one day each and every one of us will stand before God and we will have to give an account for everything we have ever done, everything we have ever said, and we will have to pay the price for every mistake we have ever made. That's the bad news. But wait, because there is a good news coming that undoes all of this. And this is why it's so important to understand why Jesus Christ died on the cross, because God so loved the world, right? And so God looked at us and he said, no, I am not okay with that. I am not okay with these people of mine, with my children, you know, wallowing around in their sin and not being able to escape from the sin because it's part of their nature and then being punished for it. No, this is not okay. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ came to earth and he lived a perfect life. The Bible says there was no sin in him. He committed no sin, but what he did is he allowed himself to be executed. And he said, I will give my perfect life in exchange for your sin-filled life. He said, Josh, everything that you have ever done wrong, everything that you are doing wrong, even right now that you don't even know about, and everything that you will ever do wrong, I will pay the price for every single mistake you will ever make and have ever made. And he said the same thing to you. He said, I will give my life because the punishment for sin is death. It will be my death for your sins. I will wipe your slate clean. It'll be like you never sinned. It'll be like you never made a single mistake. And when at the end of time you stand in front of God, he'll say, nothing. There's nothing here that you've done wrong. You have done everything perfect. And you will say, yes, because Jesus Christ paid the price for all of my sins. And so he went to the cross willingly and he allowed himself to be nailed Nails through his hands, nails through his feet, crown of thorn on his heads. Uh, he's got one head, crown of thorns on his head. You know, um, whipped to within an inch of his life, crucified, naked, speared through the side, intense, intense agony. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he did it all for us, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And that joy that was set before him was your face in my face. That was why he did what he did. And so the most important thing in life that you can understand is that there is a God that loves you so much that he sent his son to go through all of that to pay the price for our sins. So we now no longer have to carry that stuff around, which leads us to the end of that Bible verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, here it is, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The truth is that God loves you 
that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, that he has done everything he can do so that you don't have to carry sin around in your life, so that you can have a relationship with him, so that you can look forward to an eternity with him, not an eternity of death. And all we have to do is accept the gift that Jesus has already provided. Just imagine a picture of someone buying you a present, wrapping it up, bringing it to your house, handing it to you right now. All you've got to do is reach out and say, thank you. I accept this gift. And so the most important decision that you could possibly make, the most important thing that you could possibly do is to accept the gift that Jesus Christ has given you. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now as we close, no matter where you are. If you've been in church all your life, I want you to close your eyes and pray this prayer along with me. But if you're at home or at someone else's house, or wherever it is that you are right now, and you're going, I want that. I want to accept that gift. I don't want to carry the stuff around anymore. I don't want to be held accountable for everything that I've done wrong. I want a clean slate. The Bible says that when we accept the gift of God, that, that we are made white as snow that we are righteous and holy in his sight, that when God looks at us, he sees nothing but perfection because all of our sin was transferred onto Jesus on the cross. And so if you want to make that decision this morning, that would be so great. I'm going to pray a very short prayer, and I just want you to repeat it after me. Um, so let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, don't repeat this, but this is me just praying. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for everyone that is watching this video or even watching it delayed. I thank you, God, that you have brought them here, that they've sat through the whole thing and they've had to put up with me for 15 minutes to get your truth out. And so, Father, right now I pray that you would give uh, the people that you want to pray this prayer courage to pray it out loud wherever they are. So right now, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hands up like this and I want you to repeat after me. Dear God... Thank you that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you have paid the price for my sins. I accept your gift. In Jesus' name, amen.